gets colder My eyes go thin as I get older Piece in pieces, bloody and bruised I feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left, yelling on the right I'm sitting in the middle trying to live my life This is Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Focus on the Facts. My guest, or I should say co-host, is investigative journalist Patricia Negron. She's my partner in crime in taking down the Global Pedophile Network. Today, we'll cover the latest details on the takedown of the Global Pedophile Network and also discuss the current efforts and progress of the Trump administration in stopping the Global Child and Human Trafficking Network. A point worth noting is that the Pope was out there raising chaos in Chile this week, by accusing sexual abuse victims of slandering the priest who raped them, an angry protester threw some sort of item at him and hit him in the face. We'll also discuss what Trish calls the nuclear meltdown taking place on Capitol Hill and the deep state collusion involved. Q has revealed that the Democrats had a 16-year plot to completely destroy the United States and bring it under control of the New World Order. The plot required Obama to be in office for eight years, and then Hillary would take over. Well, the plot failed when Hillary lost the election, so we'll discuss who was involved in this plot and how they were going to plan to implement this plan. Trish does a daily news broadcast at noon every day and is the best newscast out there right now. I encourage everybody to tune into it. Trish discussed many of the issues we'll cover today, so I'll bring her on now to start the show and let her take the lead in our discussion. Welcome to the show, Trish. Hi, Evelyn. I'm glad to be here. Good to be back and doing more work on this stuff. I feel like we're making a lot of progress. I hope you do, too. Oh, I do, too. And I, and I want to stress again, your newscast at noon, Trish, is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I mean, you cover all the latest details on what's going on, but also in-depth discussion of all these issues. You know, you well, thank so you, Evelyn. I do appreciate it. And, you know, for anybody who can join, we'd love to have you. It's on Facebook at noon Eastern time during the week just weekdays, but, yeah, we... With it, was, the, it was so funny, Saturday, I was out there waiting for your show for 15 minutes, I thought, well, you must be late or something happened, and then it dawned on me, it's Saturday, she doesn't have this <laughs> show on Saturday, <laughs> but I'm I look so forward to it every day. It. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. That's a great compliment. Well, yeah, like you said, there's, it's incredible what's going on, but given the state of crisis, our... Um, Congress is clearly in. I think it's a sign of things about to change because much as they have tried with all of these distractions and the fake news being planted about this, you know, um, porn star that Trump supposedly had an affair with and now we have, like, wildfires, the grass fires. I mean, it seems like they're trying everything to stop us from talking about all of this, but it it hasn't worked at all, and I'm grateful to see that. No, and I think I think the government shutdown was just a big distraction too, don't you? No or question. An attempt to distract us. No huh? question, and it, you know the, this is how they avoid um, talking about the Awan brothers and passing legislation that's actually good for us. And you know what happened with Uranium One? <laughs> They're all hiding. That's what this is. I mean, 
that someone got on, uh, passed around a recording of Chuck Schumer. I believe it was in 2013 or 2015, where he talks about how um, outrageous it is to shut down the government if, for not getting his way. And he even brought up the point about him. He's like, well, I want immigration reform, but I can't shut down the government just because I can't get my way. And yet here we are, right? The Schumer shut down. <laughs> it's amazing, right. well, the hypocrisy. Did, did, did the Senate vote to reopen the government? Oh, did I miss that? Did, did that happen? Because that, I hadn't seen. Well, when um, when your show was on, I posted that that I uh, that um, I had a video that it said that the that the Senate had voted to reopen the government. Oh wow, great! Well, that's wonderful. I you know, I'll be interested to see how this plays out and what happened to get them back to the table. Do you know how that played out? No, no, I didn't. Um, George uh, Webb was down there, and he and he uh, was talking to all the different senators and everything outside, you know. But I didn't listen to it all to get it all. But okay, but I, I missed that. Maybe so, it did. Maybe maybe they didn't vote to reopen it. I don't know. But uh, there's so much going on that people like you and I that research this stuff every single day can't even keep up with it all. The average oh, American must it's not so know true. what the hell is going on. It really is hard to keep track and not be distracted because there are so many good stories being told and brought forward now, which is wonderful because whistleblowers are feeling more and more empowered and supported. So that's the great news. But one of the things that we learned recently, or at least it was news to me anyhow, was that... um, with, you know, the the life of a whistleblower is incredibly dangerous, and it has come out. I, You may have seen this, Evelyn, about how the NSA and I forget which other agency, maybe NSI, was watching the WikiLeaks Dropbox his, for activity. I guess they had figured out which one was, you know, where it was and how to track it. And they were the ones that identified Seth Rich transferring uh, data to the WikiLeaks Dropbox. And that's how the DNC found out about it. And that's how the hit was taken out on Seth to kill him and silence him. Right. Now, you can see that there's emails that show that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John Podesta said he wanted to make an example of the leaker. But the only thing right. was at the time he thought it was Eric Braverman. That's but Eric Braverman is also part of this whole um, mess because he was the CEO of the Clinton Foundation for yeah, explain a explain that years. a little bit to the listeners. I mean, I know that you researched you even went to England, you know, um, to try to see Julian Assange and to find out about you know and trying to find Seth Rich and find, trying to find Eric, and you did find him. Right. He kind of appeared out of nowhere at the um, Blavatnik School of Government at Oxford. And so Jason Goodman and I went over to hear him speak and see if he would actually show up because we wondered if he would even make an appearance. And he did, in fact, uh, show up. And Jason and I almost got ourselves thrown out <laughs> during that. I don't know if you remember, the dean of the school had 
gotten word that we were there um, looking for Eric, and he had heard she had heard this through Defango, who is known to be something of a um, troublemaker. And so she was under the impression that we were there to cause trouble, which we weren't. We just wanted to verify that Eric was in, you know, well and see if we could interview him. Well, right, because how long had it been since anybody had heard from or seen him before you guys Nearly a year. It had been since, I believe, October of 2016. And then we saw him for the first time. This was the second, third week of June. 2017. So it has been a while. And what was most interesting about hearing him was that he was on a panel with several other people who were from African nations, and they talked about how the corruption in a lot of these places is so pervasive that as an individual, you simply cannot stand up to it. You'll be crushed one way or another. And right. uh, he he went on at great length of, to talk about how the power of the, the social media communities can be in joining voices and you know and protecting one another in the act of standing up to corruption. And so that was that was interesting to me because my understanding, Charles Ortel has done a ton of research on the Clinton Foundation, as you know, Evelyn. And oh, wonderful, wonderful shows that Jason has them on, and like yesterday, just wonderful explaining it in 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 the everyday words that people can understand. You know what is yes. going on, what has gone on. Yeah, and he and so, knows he knows every detail, so he's a great sure. resource. But um, yeah, now Charles, didn't um, didn't um. Chelsea Clinton bring him in when she found that there was corruption going on down there in Haiti or with, within the foundation? Isn't she the one that brought what she knew at the time, but she she was aware that there were problems, and she brought in right. Eric Braverman to clean it up. And uh, when Eric discovered what was going on, one of the big obstacles to correcting the problems was that there were these two different factions within the Clinton Foundation, one of which were like the Bill, the Bill guys, and the other ones were the Hillary folks. And okay. they, they, were, they had competing interests, and Eric Braverman couldn't do anything because all those guys were too busy, you know, with their turf wars at the foundation. So when it came time to sign the audit at the end of 2016, Eric Falk, he, he was gone he in it. January. No, isn't he the one that they thought he went to the Russian embassy? Yes. He left the Clinton Foundation in January. So he, he did, the audit needed to be signed in December. He left in January, having not signed it. And then, um, what was it you just asked about, Evelyn? I said, um, didn't he go to the Russian embassy? And then that's in October is when we think he went to the Russian embassy to seek refuge because the Clinton Foundation had been under investigation in four different districts around the country for the better part of a year by that time. And 
and everything was really heating up with the election, and the, there was a lot of focus on the Clinton Foundation. So uh, we believe that that's when he went to the Russian embassy and then disappeared until we saw him again that June. And he had already, but the, one other thing that was also pretty interesting about this is that he is now the CEO of Google, which this just occurred to me, Evelyn. Remember, it was Google that invested in CrowdStrike, $100 million it invested in CrowdStrike just as the whole DNC hack thing was going on. And it was CrowdStrike that examined the DNC server, not the FBI. And this is how the breach was uncovered. And so now Eric Braverman um, is the head of the foundation there. Really? So, yes. Um, Well, that's really interesting. That's so. So I just put that together myself. Pardon? I just put that together actually myself because with Eric Schmidt being implicated, you know how he stepped down as CEO abruptly of Alphabet, which is Google. Was that because of sexual harassment or something? Pardon? Did he step down? Was that because of sexual harassment allegations or something that he stepped down? No, actually, no. no? It was There was some discussion about that. Um, he and his uh-huh. wife have been living apart for a long time, but it's, it's because he was involved in the whole spying thing. It was through Google that Brennan and Clapper um, contracted Fusion GPS to create the fake dossier that was then used to get the FISA warrant. So, so, so Eric Braverman stepped in his shoes. No, I mean, if he'd let the Clinton Foundation because <laughs> it's so fraudulent, that's very confusing. He, oh. he, Eric Braverman is now the CEO of the Google Foundation. Okay, Google Foundation. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. He wants to go to another foundation, huh? Yeah. yeah, I guess, because I wonder if the Google Foundation gave any money to the Clintons because the Clinton Foundation, because like Charles Ortel was explaining that I can see why um, Eric wouldn't sign that, that audit sheet or that you know filing, because if if you do, you're attesting to the truth of everything that's in yes. those filings, yes. and he certainly yes. knows they weren't truthful. <laughs> that's exactly right, and it's very serious. I've been um, oh, on yes. an audit committee of a public company before, and, you know, signing those audit letters is a very serious um, act. So you want to make sure that whatever is in them has been thoroughly scrubbed. But, uh, and he wouldn't sign it. So, and then interestingly, he turns up while he was missing is when he was announced as the new CEO of Google. And I don't know if you remember, too, the Clinton Global Initiative was shut down in December of 2016, or excuse me, 2017, just very quietly. And um, that's, I think, all of the illegal activity that was being run through the Clinton Foundation was moved over to the Google Foundation. Oh, well, that figures. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. All they do is move the stuff around to keep their distance with it and so um so i i that's 
I hadn't thought of that before, but him taking over there and then Eric Schmidt now being uh, implicated in the whole um, Seth Rich murder, the spying, like all of it is uh, quite a development. So what do we think now? Do we think that, um, do we think now for sure that Seth was murdered? I mean, wasn't it just this last peak that, last week that an investigator that was working on his case, or no, maybe that was, no, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the, um, I'm thinking of that little girl over, that little girl that was kidnapped that they think the Podesta brothers might have took her over there. Oh, Madeline on that case. Yeah. Yeah, was found dead this week. Right. So we think that Seth is dead now. (laughs) Yeah, imagine that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, now, how long we've been chasing after him? What's it, a year and a half or something? I don't know. Well, with Seth, I um, I mean, that's how it's all looking. My only doubts about his death previously were based on the fact that even now, Evelyn, we still don't have a single shred of forensic evidence right. on his right. supposed murder. You know, and remember, it was... Um, the narrative is that it was a botched robbery, yet nothing was taken from him. Right. That the the body, he was in one of the most surveilled areas of the country, yet no video is available. Three of the responding officers had body cameras. Again, um, FOIA requests were refused for that. No um, hospital records. Death certificate, no autopsy report, nothing, nothing, no witnesses. I mean, and uh, Rod Wheeler, who was the investigator hired by the the Rich family to find Seth's murderer, um, said himself that that just never happens when there's literally no forensic evidence available in a homicide. So it really left one wondering if, in fact, the crime had occurred because, as I mentioned, both um, Judicial Watch and Scott Taylor from, I think it's a local ABC station, I can't remember which town, but um, filed FOIA requests for the death certificate, the autopsy report, and the body cam video, and all were denied. And the only reason that happens is if, one, there is no... Um, evidence to produce, so that's a it's a no records responsive is what it's called, meaning they don't have any records in order to respond to the request. Or right. so in that case, it means there was no homicide, right? Or the right. other reason would be that it's state secret and therefore cannot be disclosed publicly. What would and so what the question is? How is it that a botched robbery suddenly becomes? a matter of national security. Yeah. Right? Right, right exactly. So, and like you said, um, you know, the, the cameras everywhere. I mean, they spy on us everywhere. I mean, even in our homes, yeah. on our computers, on our cell phones, on everything. And then yep. when something like this happens, no no tapes, no nothing. nothing. Yeah. And that's the same thing out in Las Vegas. Exactly. You know, this is insane. Yeah, it's incredible. That, you know, they spy on us, you know, set us up. And then an important events take place, and they say, oh, the cameras didn't work or we don't have any. This is insane. I know. It's just so ludicrous. It's beyond belief. But, Evelyn, it's been now, like you're just out and away with it. Coming out of, there, out of Las Vegas now, they're finally admitting that uh, 
that that paddock that both well the brother and him had child porn on their computers and everything. So I mean, this was a child trafficking and gun running operation he was doing out he there. He definitely was there trafficking people too. I bet Mary Lou. Sure. I think Mary Lou was a was someone he had acquired through that network. Right, and trafficking kids out of the Philippines. She felt lucky that maybe she, you know, lived a relatively normal life, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. It's really sad that just the whole thing. I mean, and, and it looks like, you know, it was Debbie Wasserman Schultz that took out the hit on Seth Rich. Really? Which, wow. yeah. That's what we're and seeing then it from... Seems... Pardon? Go ahead. Go ahead. That's no, I, it's, from... it's coming out from um, Joe DiGenova. He's a former federal oh, right. prosecutor. And then right. um, who else did I see that published that? I can't remember who the other person I saw, but it was somebody that I, I trust and respect. But um, it looks like that's what it was. And and they're well, just you... covering it up, and that's why we can't get any any evidence. Q or QAnon um, put out a post and said something about... Debbie can't flee or something like that, that apparently she tried to. You know, all these airlines, all these airplanes and stuff that are getting stopped and getting turned back and everything, and people say that, you know, that they're taking people off them that are trying to flee the country. Well, I'm yeah, sure I believe it. trying to flee the country. Oh, yes. Yes. So when's the last time we heard anything uh, from John Podesta on Twitter or anything? You know? That's a good question. I'm going to look missing. right now. Uh, my yeah. laptop's really slow, but uh, let's see. Skippy. Skippy's been up Is that what he goes by? <laughs> well, I'm kicked off Twitter, so I can't look for nothing. It uh, looks like the last one, there was something from January 12th, but before that really? it was December 17th. And I think other people post for them. Right. Actually, him and Hillary, but um, I think those guys, they're very quiet. I mean, like you're talking one or two tweets when normally they would be tweeting every day. Right, right. So, well, you know, I mean, these reports that we get, we get, I don't know what to believe anymore that some of them, they already got them locked up. I don't know. It's all so confusing. That it I don't is. know what to make and, it all. Yeah, but I think, you know, where we do see real progress is in the exposing of all the conflicts of interest around Robert Mueller and his farce of an investigation um, that was based right. on a dossier that was never verified by the FBI. I mean, how shocking is that? They go for a FISA warrant to spy on an elected president, your incoming president, and have not even verified the data, the underlying data? I mean, how absurd is that? It's either utter and complete corruption or gross incompetence. And either way, they all need to go. It's just an outrage. When it comes out, when it comes out, American people hear this. Of course, the mainstream media doesn't report half of this that we learn. Oh, no. Um, No, no. of course not. But when the American people hear, when it comes out that Hillary and the DNC bought that dossier against Trump, that should have been game over right there. Yeah. Well, uh, but you know, the, the, the media was able to convince 
her followers said it was just, you know, it was political, it was opposition research. There's nothing wrong with it. Everybody does oh, really? opposition research. <laughs> so American people that donated to the DNC and donated to Hillary and to Bernie because she stole all Bernie's money. Yes. Um, so they they donated to this, overthrowing the other candidate that's running. Yep. You think people had yep. any idea this is what they were doing? I really, I think, you know, one of the things I learned when I was working with George Webb was that a lot of the way these operations run when you're doing, you know, like conducting criminal activity at that level, <laughs> right. you know, people tend to get compartmentalized. So they only know a tiny piece of what's going on. And I would wager that Hillary Clinton has, you know, really invested heavily in convincing people that she's being transparent and truthful with them about what they're agreeing to do for her when, in fact, they've only gotten a very narrow slice of the picture and um, are being very much deceived. I mean, the fact that they are complicit in doing whatever it is that they're, she signs them up for is, you know, they're responsible for it. But at the same time, I think that there are many, many people in this scenario who thought they were just doing this one little thing, not realizing that it was part of a much broader conspiracy to bring down Donald Trump and install her as president. So, um, well, right, you know, I, 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 and you know, I didn't vote for either one of them. I wouldn't vote for any politician in this country that's in office. They're all compromised, you know, but still. The people voted. They elected Trump. And as the election was going, you know, the people chose Trump. And I know, you know, people want to say why and why not. I know why. That weekend before the election, when those Podesta emails came out, and they were supposed to come out a week earlier, and people could have went through them and and digested what's in them and everything. Well, they didn't, but they came out the Friday night before that election on Tuesday. Well, people... Over the weekend, they must have went mad yeah, pulling that stuff yeah, out yeah. and then brought out and found out all the Pizzagate, you know, stuff in those emails. And that is what cost Hillary a little election because everybody had heard about her foundation, her fraud, all this stuff. I mean, it had been leaking out for years, you know. Yeah. All that stuff had been out, and I, and I couldn't understand at the time how people could be, you know, sticking with her and going to vote for her. But then the, that last minute thing when those WikiLeaks emails came out and it showed up and, and people figured out that this pedophile network they're running, that's what caused her that election. But never once do we hear that in the mainstream media. Nope. Never but it's coming, once. Evelyn. I mean, you can you can feel it's on the brink of erupting. There's just no way to contain it anymore. There, and I, I, I'm interested to know if you sense it as well, but now when that topic comes up, people get Wormish, but they don't—they don't shut down the way they used to. And I think that most of the public is aware, at least, that this is a problem without really necessarily understanding its breadth and depth. Like you know, Tim Holmes that you um, had on your show last week. You know, he, I don't think most Americans could possibly conceive of what he uncovered in terms of the baby 
sales Selling. and the CIA yeah. running, you know, all these operations and so many of our politicians being complicit in it. Um, but right. at the same time, the, the evidence is all there, too. And it's, it's going to be impossible to ignore at some point. So. Well, it is definitely blowing up now, you know. And um, I don't, I never watch mainstream media. Never, okay. I, so I never know what they're what they're saying. The other the other night, I was in the bedroom and and I didn't want to get up yet, and so I turned on the TV and I turned on to a channel. I don't have cable, but it said World News, you know. So I thought, well, I'll just listen to this and see what all they cover on this. They didn't cover any important stuff. Not at all. It was just awful. I believe it. it just awful. The American people are not learning anything from the mainstream media news. They well, and they're also getting worked into a frenzy every time they turn it on. They, you know, it's either, um, you know, immigration or another school. Did you see there's another school shooting? Um, no. Then, or the fires. I mean, it's just constant fear porn is all it is. Oh. Well, did you see these? Um, I'm looking at my Facebook page I have up here. I said these soil-funded women going out here to these marches. Just oh, disgusting. Yeah. I, I mean, it's so I embarrassing. I haven't seen anything on the marches. Oh, Jesus. It is so embarrassing. Here's a little kid. They bring little kids. I'm looking at the pictures here. It has, she's, she's holding a thing, and she's, she has her front teeth out, so she must only be like six or seven years old or something. Uh-huh. She's got a sign that says, feel your fucking feelings. Oh, wow. With her teeth okay. out, so you know how young she is. Here's another. Right. They bring their kids yeah. to this. They bring their kids to this. Here's another. Um, here's another sign. It's a woman holding this picture of a pink and white penis. If I had a dick, I'd pull it out and piss on him. Oh wow! Here's, here's, here's this picture it's on my Facebook page, people. You can go and look at it. It's right up at the front. Here's another woman holding up a sign. Fuck you, you fucking fuck. Here's another okay. one dressed up as a as a. Um, Supposedly a pink and white um, vagina, and uh, and she holds up a sign uterine wall. There's another woman holding up a sign Trump's mouth is a shithole. These disgusting. These are all people don't understand this. George Soros pays these people to go and do this. Yeah. You know they don't understand. Uh, they think these are real women out here like you or me out here protesting. They are well, not. Well, you know. On YouTube, there's some great uh, videos about George Soros and his color revolution. And there, I think there have been like four or five of them now. And the one he's trying to bring to the U.S. is the Purple Revolution. And you might remember, Evelyn, after the day after the election, Hillary and Bill Clinton turned up wearing very prominent purple. Right. And they did for several weeks afterwards, um, but uh, th- that's there's lots of documentation in Hungary. He, his NGOs are being investigated for subversive activities and trying to undermine democratically elected leaders. In Macedonia, the same thing. Um, I know he's been banned in Russia. There are some investigations here in the U.S. going on that I've heard about. But um, I signed a petition to get rid of him, to get him out of this country and his NGOs. I think I just I just posted today, I'm scrolling down my timeline, that Turkey did just pass something getting rid of him. Yeah. 
Yeah, just today I posted it, so um, I I don't know, I'm not finding it, but um, but it, oh, just wow. today, so but it just happened, you know. But yeah, oh, other yeah, countries, no, Russia kicked, kicked him out. out. Russia, well, Russia, he's wanted dead or alive in Russia. Yeah, the oh. Rothschilds were kicked out of there too. Right, um, right. And people need but, to understand, this is what Soros does. He goes into all these countries and brings all these terrorists and starts all these revolutions and then overthrows the country. And that's what he's yeah. doing here with all yeah, these rigged marches. Yeah, they're Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, and, I mean, it's embarrassing if you look at these marches, these women, and yeah. the whole world is watching. You know? it's, uh, it is embarrassing. Well, and he works closely with the, the, the State Department actually has a series of emails that were leaked um, showing how they use social media to create the uh, impression or illusion of um, civil uprising and uh, local um, discontent. And so these, the CIA helps arm and prepare and train these people who then work through Soros NGOs to undertake whatever, you know, activities that they've got planned. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's all very well documented. They, that's what they did in Syria. They used a group of about six people uh out of Brazil, who started tweeting about Syria. I kid you not. It's in their emails. Um, and cre- to create the fake Syrian um, civil war. Right, right. Whatever was a civil war, Syria? No, there wasn't. It was all fake. And one of the things they did, you know, this is how far they'll go, is uh, during a demonstration, the CIA had sent in the provocateurs, and they started um, engaging in violence, and the someone was shot by police because these provocateurs fired on them. Well, right. the next time there was a demonstration, Assad told the police to not to leave their arms, their weapons back wherever they're kept and not to bring them to the um, demonstration. Well, of course, the CIA got word of this, and they absolutely capitalized on it. So they did, again, what they had done before, except the police had no way to defend anyone. And um, that's a massacre of sorts that occurred that was used as justification for our invading the country and killing 500,000 people because, you know, those 500,000 people died more, you know, humanely at our hands than they would have at Assad's hands, right? Right, right. <laughs> the people <laughs> love Assad. The people love they him. They do. He got 88% of the vote. Last time, yep. when has a president in this country ever got eighty-eight percent of a and vote? And that was in the middle of the terrorist invasion that he still right. won that support. Right. And and the the Christians were fleeing to Assad-controlled areas. 
for protection right. because they knew he would protect them, and they were being mutilated by the terrorists. Right. Yeah, he is so, so good to the people and everything. I've watched him, um, and it almost makes me cry. Him and his wife, um, oh, a yeah. couple weeks ago now, they went and visited a soldier that was wounded and everything. You know, they went right to his house and with his family and everything. They're so friendly. They're so down to earth. They are. You know, and he they goes they out to the market, you know. Yeah, walks right out and the people, you know, yeah. they love him. And for good reason. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't believe anything I've heard about any country in my life because the U.S. is such a liar. It has painted all yeah. these countries to be rotten and they're, you know, run by dictators and they're, and they're rotten, they're killing the wrong people and all this. Yes, it's a lie. And, you know, and when I want to tell people, Soros, he starts these Black Lives Matters, another group that he funds, and he sends in the provocateurs into there, too. And the best example yeah. I found was here in Milwaukee, um, not this summer, the summer before, they started, they made like there's a big riot going on, you know. Well, they're, they're trying to stop it, you know. And what they did in this one neighborhood, and I used to live in Milwaukee in the 70s, so I know the different neighborhoods. They started this gas station on fire. They started the gas station on fire. Then they set fires in the cars even outside of the gas station. I know darn well they wanted to blow up that whole neighborhood. If that gas station would have blew up, it would have probably destroyed blocks of that neighborhood. And here were people out there, you know, people now, they take their own videos and stuff, you know. So here were neighbors that lived there, and they were like, and they didn't know what's going on at this point. You know? Right. And they're like, why are they destroying that? And it was a little market, too, you know. Why are they destroying that? You know, we use that market. These weren't the people living there. They weren't doing this. Right. These were Soros. Right. Most of the arrests in these yeah. um, sort of riots are of people who are from out of town or out of state. Right, right. Typically, yes. They bust them in, just like they did that, wasn't it, over in, in Baltimore? That they they seen that, that they bust people in, and, and there was supposed to be like the KKK there and others. Here they were on the same bus with the black people that were bust in. You know, they were bust yeah. in, they were swirls paid, and bust right in. This is so unbelievable, and we we let this go on. Well, and a researcher I work with uh, uncovered some more CIA documents back from Operation Northwood during Kennedy's administration, and they show, going back even that far, definitively, that they had plans to fake terrorist attacks in order to dupe people into believing that another country had attacked us. And right. they go into great detail about how to create fake um, passenger manifests and use drones to substitute in for the actual airplanes and then have someone go in afterward, after the attack is faked and toss around a little bit of debris to make it look authentic. And then the people, like you were just pointing out, the folks in the neighborhood were like, well, you know, what's going on right. at the gas station, they know it's being burned down, and so they're eyewitnesses to it happening, but they have no idea who, you know, the people behind it. But the rest of the world doesn't know that. So, right. Um, well, then that's, that's the thing, you know, with mainstream media telling the truth, 
and somebody like me, a researcher, I go and look at all these videos and stuff that people took and everything. I wanted to know. And I was especially interested because I live in Green Bay and I used to live in Milwaukee. You know, so I wanted to see how this was playing out. And the the people's videos showed it was not the people doing this. It was yeah. Soros-funded protesters they sent in to do this, tear up that town. And this is just awful. Because then, so, then you know, they get blamed. The people get blamed right. for doing this, and they didn't do it. I was just going to say that. Oh. That's the hardest part is, is that, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of Trump supporters are sort of caught in the other side of the PSYOP on there and thinking that, you know, it's, Black Lives Matter folks who started the thing are the bad people when, in fact, it's not them. They they were sincerely protesting a genuine issue of police right. brutality. It is an issue. But, and I can, right. I, can, I can understand why, you know, people on the outside could be manipulated into hating the people who are being targeted by this. You know, it's just classic kind of manipulation. And unfortunately, uh, some people are still caught in it. And it's my hope that um, they're starting to realize that that's just as much of a deception as any of this other stuff going on, like with the false flag attack at 9-11. And there's so many. And like when you just said, you know, there's another school shooting. Immediately went up, oh, really, so what? What did yeah. they pull now? Yeah. What did they do now? Yeah. yeah. And people, you know, and uh, there are still people that, be- that believe that 9-11 was real. Yeah. In this country. I know. Well, oh. uh, there's been so much study of the difficulty. It's far more difficult to convince someone they've been deceived than it is to actually yeah. deceive them. Yeah, right. You know? Well, right. I, I, and, yeah. I think and, that's and what so much has come out, come out now. I mean, they're looking back. They they look at it as when they killed Kennedy, that was a coup then. Yeah, take over this definitely. This is not new by any stretch no. of the imagination. No. But, so, but this, the way they laid it out, how they planned to take over this country with Obama and then Hillary... You know, and when she lost, and what people don't understand, her loss was bigger than anybody could imagine. The, the damage she's yeah. done to the whole yeah. criminal, global criminal enterprise that she's running. Yeah. You know, and all those people that gave her all that money, all the foreign countries, and all those CEOs, and setting up all these deals that she's going to pull off when she's president. Well, it fell yeah. apart when she wasn't elected. So now, what what is she going to do about that? <laughs> Yeah, and she's been cut off. Like, you know, Trump has implemented the um, asset freeze and those Saudi princes have been arrested, probably being her largest supporter. He's the one that gave her all the money for her um, campaign. So That that Alweed? Alweed, yeah. He was her biggest donor. She got yeah, the vast majority of Obama her money. Too, he? he was also Obama's. He started. Uh, Ob- he sponsored Obama through business through Harvard Law School, and then Obama. He picked Obama's uh, cabinet in 2008, and then he got behind Hillary Clinton 
for the round two of the plan, the 16-year plan. Wow. See, and I investigated Obama, and I wrote about a dozen articles before he won the nomination, and I was looking at all where he got his money and everything. I never found that. A guy named Percy Sutton is on record for confirming that. He was an advisor to Al-Walid, and uh, he said that he was asked specifically to go and um, contact Obama on Al-Walid's behalf. Wow, wow. So you were talking today on your show. Tell, I want you to tell my listeners about this, that Obama is the real Manchurian candidate, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you look at Valerie Jarrett, it's coming out that her family has a long history of communism, and her father and grandfather and, I believe, father-in-law were all, all had FBI files and were known communists. And um, she has always been, like, attached at the hip to Obama. And many people had speculated that she was his handler. And then when she moved in to his residence, his and Michelle's residence, after he left office, it kind of, you couldn't deny something weird was going on there. Well, if you watch the... um, original film with Frank Sinatra, the Manchurian candidate, it is almost an exact parallel. It's it's incredible because the um, communists in the film are Korean, whereas hers is somehow through Iran. And um, they picked this guy as a young man and groomed him through his life for this role. And right, she took. She she was working for Daly's office, Mayor Daly's office in Chicago, and then yes. Michelle got a job there, and then Obama got hooked in with the Daly gang, and that's where I picked up. See, but before that, what was going on? I don't know. It was all Ali before that. It was all. It was, huh? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, I had that guy that had that Resgo. His name was, and he was going through a trial back then. And he had funneled so much money to Obama. And, of course, they, they were going after him and, and really nailing him for giving so much money to um, to that governor, that Governor Blagojevich. But I had tracked uh, um, all their money that they had gotten from this Resco, and, and it, w- it went down the line. It was like he'd give, he'd give the governor um, campaign 50000 but then he'd give Obama 5000 and Mayor Daley 10000 something like that. When I went through the mm-hmm. records, you know, I could track it every time where he would give them all money. And yeah. he, he he donated, well, this is the first that showed up anyhow. He made the first, this resgo, he made the first donation to Obama's campaign to try to make him a, a representative back in, I think it was 93 or 94. He was the first mm-hmm. one. To, and then they would say, you know, that that he only gave so much money to Obama and everything. But when I went and tracked it down, all these other people he funneled money to, and then they gave right. it to Obama. You know? Yeah. So when it all yeah. came down, it was millions that he gave Obama. And yeah. Well, but I didn't know anything about the prince. <laughs> there's actually a, a pic of Alvalid and Obama when they're both very young, sitting on a couch together, 
Um, it looks like he must have been in law school at the time. But, yeah, and the way that, you know, this we've seen plenty of evidence and heard from enough witnesses, that, and you, I'm, I'm thinking of you too, Evelyn, where in, this, in the film about the Manchurian candidate, they explore the whole aspect of the um, MKUltra conditioning where you go oh, about your life normally, but then once you're a phrase or something that you've been conditioned to respond to is used with you, you go into what, you know, it could be assassin mode or sex kitten mode or whatever it is, you know, the different personalities that they um, right. break each child into. But um, it's really, it's a fascinating look at it, and it should make sense to people who've been following this a little bit and sort of, it also explains a lot of the use of imagery and symbolism and um, those kinds of occult things that we've seen associated with a lot of this criminality. Right, right. Well, switching over to the, quickly to this, uh, this, this family out there in California, was it, where they had all those kids locked up and chained up and everything yeah. in their house, that I think that's going to come out that they're involved in this child trafficking ring. That uh, with the Disney and everything. Oh yes, oh yes. That could not have went on. That's going to come out just like like moral come out about paddocks that they are involved in this. That yes. family out there too is involved in this. You don't you don't hide that for this many years and not be involved in this filthy satanic yes. pedophile network yes. they have set up. But did, and did you, you know, see and, that they had the only pictures that I saw anyway? Unless you saw any. And the others were of them at Disney World. It's just like, oh, sure. wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. 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 And, you know, we talked about before that that um, Fiona, Fiona Barnett says that, you know, that whistleblower MK Ultra victim says that Disneyland is, they close it down at night and it's pedophile parties. You know, she was raped there by Ted Turner. That, uh, I just goes can't on even imagine that. Like, I really yeah. just can't wrap my head around that, but I know it. I know that it's there's truth, you know. Oh, it's, it's true. true. And oh yes. I just can't. And you know, I haven't. I haven't. I I still haven't went and read fully. There's two other whistleblowers, MK Ultra, Kathy O'Brien, and then um, oh, I'll, I'll forget the other one. But I have both their books. I bought both their books, but I got them online. You know, I have to read them online. With that, I, I forget. Oh, what that right, the e-readers. Yeah, and so I've never sat here and read it all, you know, but all of them. I mean, these people that that Fiona says raped her, they're in the other ones, too. They're all involved in this. I mean, this isn't a just one-time thing, you know, like no. Fiona said. This is two weeks a year. It's the pure pedophile party out there in California. So all those people, and, and it, it's easy to find out. In fact, maybe I'll go get a list so that people can see how many CEOs and government leaders and everything else go out there for this two weeks a year. Mm. I was, I was sure when they were starting all them fires out in California, they were going to burn it down to do away with that evidence. Well, that's what I wonder if those fires were for, you know? That's what I thought. Well, not their pure Agenda 21. I mean, people sit here and we were talking about, I had posted about who's more to blame for this murdering of people, the order givers or the order followers, which the order followers are the troops, you know. Right. And, I said the order followers at this point in time that they are doing this and they know 
they're doing it now. I mean, this isn't right. they're sent off to war and they don't know any better. By now they know what they're doing, this genocide. But I said, they're doing it on Americans now. This weather warfare, this geoengineered weather warfare made against us is, is making homemade, man-made American refugees. I mean, look at there are thousands upon thousands of people now, probably millions, if you if you count California, burning up California, yeah. and then you count the fake hurricane in, in Texas, the fake hurricane in Florida, the fake hurricane in in well instigated hurricanes to destroy the yeah. Induced. They destroyed their entire life. Their homes are gone. Their jobs are gone. Everything is gone. And it used to be, you know, they think, well, they're only going to take out us poor people, you know, us lower class or middle class. Right. Not so. You see some of them homes they set up fires out there in California? And it's like, okay, people, wake up. You people that are rich are millionaires. You're nothing anymore. A millionaire is nothing. No, it's true. They ain't going to come after you. Oh, they are. They are. And so all these man-made refugees, these people are left to have nothing. And did you check out the homeless situation in California as it is right now? Yes. Before all these man-made refugees are forced out on the street? This is getting insane. You're tens of thousands, you can see. It it goes on and on and on. Shocking. And this bit about this vaccine business, too. That was I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, go ahead. Talk about it. Good, no, you you've done more research there. I was, I was going to ask you what you know about it because I, you know, people are getting re- dying and who have gotten oh, yeah. the shot, and yet they're still pushing it. And then it turns it's out the it chemtrail spraying, the swelling, no the swelling in it, huh? Yes, there is no flu epidemic. This is the chemtrail spraying that they're spraying yeah. this stuff, and this is genocide. And so the order followers that are carrying these missions out now in the United States. Oh, I don't have any love for our troops anymore. This yeah, I mean now they're committing on us have, now. Yeah, mm. yeah, they have I've the support this they vaccine. need to come forward. Right, and these vaccines, you know, that they're they're planned to do this. Gates has been all over the world, poisoning everybody, sterilizing everybody, killing everybody. <laughs> He's kicked out of some countries. I think India. Yes. All kinds of lawsuits against him. He's paralyzed. People with those vaccines, he's killed them. Oh, this is so insane. So I mean, and this is so hard. Understanding all this, I mean, three years ago when I figured all this out, I mean, I couldn't sleep at night. I kept hoping I'd wake up that this was a nightmare. This could not yeah. really be happening. This was not the world I'm living in. But I never woke up. But people don't get it, what they are doing. Us. But for me to sit here and have to watch it, Trish, watch them killing everybody. Yeah. And now this latest, this vaccine business, this food business, that people don't realize that it's the chemtrail that they're doing, they're spraying on us. Oh, wow, yeah. it's over already? Well, Slowly but surely. So much. <laughs> we'll get wow. that one. Yes, thank you so much. And we and tune in to Trisha's show at noon every day and get the latest. And join us next week. And thank you so much, Trish, for coming on. Thank you, Evelyn. I'll okay, see we'll week. see you next week, people. Yep. Bye-bye. Peace in pieces, bloody and bruised.